everything except Deuteronomy 6. But we're going to come back. And I don't know how much time I'm going to spend on Deuteronomy 6, but it will be copious. And uh, we are going to get into the oneness of God. But first, we're going to wrap up this final section of sermons that Moses preaches to the second uh, generation of Israelites that are about to enter the promised land. And so our teaching tonight begins in Deuteronomy 30 and verse number 15. Someone say amen when they have it. I will be uh, telling you my, uh, my title of my message towards the middle of my message. So just stay with me. It says, see, I have set before thee this day life. Everyone say life. life. And good and death and evil. Life and good and death and evil. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. Lord, I'm asking you that you would touch me now and enable me to preach with the burden you gave me earlier today. God, I humble myself before you and I'm asking you that you would speak through me, speak to me as I preach, that I might speak to your people. Use me as the oracle of the Lord. I bind every spirit that's contrary to the spirit of God. And I pray that you would loose your gifts, your anointing, and your power. In Jesus' name, someone shout amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you love his word. Hallelujah. Someone shout amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Tonight, in our preaching, we'll be covering chapters 27 through 30. In chapter 27, Moses instructs the Israelites to make white stones and write the laws of God on them for future generations to see and to read. This law is a contract between God and Israel. From God's perspective, the contract is equal to that of a marital contract. He is not just drafting a rule book. Within the lines of this contract, he tells Israel how much he loves them and how much he has done to demonstrate his love for them and how much more he will do if they will love him in return and observe the contract. In 28, in verse number 1, he says, I will set thee on high above all nations. And then in verse number 2, he says, I will overtake you which literally means you will not be able to escape my blessing. I will overtake you with my blessing. And the blessing that overtakes you will take over every part of your life. Moses then elaborates on what it looks like to be taken over and overtaken by a blessing. Moses tells Israel, you will be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the field. You will be blessed with many children. You will be blessed with great crops. You will be blessed with healthy cattle and sheep. You will be blessed with bountiful baskets and stores. You will be blessed when you come into your house. And you will be blessed when you go out of your house. God then throws, amen, 
a protective plan into the contract and he assures their safety. In verse 7 he says, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come in or out against you one way, but they will go out from before you seven ways. But what God does next is enough to make even the most casual Bible reader nervous. God, through Moses, tells Israel that he will curse them if they reject the terms and the conditions of the contract they are in. And because people are notorious for signing contracts they have no intention of fulfilling, God tells them that he considers confirmation without action, rejection. In verse 26 of 27, he says, Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by not doing them. The curse God will send on those who reject his covenant are as intense as the blessings. For several verses and chapters, God repeats himself. But this time, instead of using the word blessing, he uses the word cursing. He begins by telling Israel that a cursing now will overtake them if they walk away from him. Furthermore, everything he promised to do to their enemies, he now promises to do to them. Some people would ask why. The answer is because there comes a point when a person goes so far out there that they are no longer, amen, just lost in their ways. They are now standing in God's way and to the point, even to the point of being his enemy. And so God now has no choice but to deal with them as an enemy. And after all that, God concludes by telling Israel in 26 and 28, And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way whereof I spake unto thee, that thou shalt see it no more again. And there you shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen or bondwomen or slaves, and no man shall want to buy you. In other words, I delivered you out of Egypt with miracles, but I will send you back to Egypt with signs and wonders and I just want to take a minute here to explain to you the difference between miracles signs and wonders a miracle is when God violates the natural order in order to undo the brokenness caused by nature and the interactions between humans amen signs and wonders however are a little different than miracles a sign and a wonder is when God performs a miracle that has a message hence the reason They are called signs because they point toward a meaning and a purpose beyond the miracle itself. If you're careful when you read your scripture, you will notice that when God uses the term signs and wonders, it's because he's about to humble some humans and get them back to where they need to be. And so in Deuteronomy 28 and 8, the Lord says, I will smite you with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Israel will not miraculously cross the Red Sea when they go back to Egypt. They will cross the Red Sea with signs and wonders. They will be placed on ships and sold as slaves that not even a country built on slavery will want to buy. God's ability to reverse his blessings and replace them with cursing is so disturbing that much of modern Christianity tries to shelter itself against this by inventing doctrines such as eternal salvation 
salvation and predestination. There are even some apostolics that would not be fond of this kind of preaching right here. Amen. Because they want God to simply only be, amen, loving, kind, and generous. But the fact of the matter is that you cannot be that loving, kind, and generous and not have some expectations of the recipients. Somebody give God a hand praise. Not only that, there is not a human walking the face of this earth that has the right to deny God his reasoning for acting severely with someone who turns their back on him and begins opposing him. In fact, to say that God no longer takes rejection, abandonment, betrayal, and backsliding serious. Amen. You have to cut out entire pages of the New Testament. When I look at the scriptures, I find it impossible to imagine that someone would think backsliding is not a big deal. And when I look at the lives of people, who have made amen amen who have made their way back to church i find it offensive that anyone would make light of backsliding and when i talk to people who have made their way back to church i find it heartbreaking that anyone in the church is thinking about backsliding so tonight i'm going to preach to you on the very simple but serious topic of please do not backslide i said please do not backslide amen there is nothing in the scriptures that hints at the idea that christians are incapable of backsliding it does not matter what rank you are of it does not matter what you believe there is no scriptural proof amen that says a christian cannot backslide john 15 and 5 Jesus speaking says I am the vine and you are the branches he that abides in me and I in him the same brings forth much fruit for without me you can do nothing but listen to what he says next if a man abides not in me he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned that's just Jesus talking in King James English uh, amen hallelujah and saying if you stay in me you're gonna be all right uh, but if you get far from me it ain't gonna be all right Amen. Christians are in a contract with Jesus that is superior to the Old Testament. Hebrews chapter 7 says that the law could not perfect anyone. Romans calls it weak. The Bible goes on to state that the Old Testament was a shadow of what was to come in the New Testament. Hebrews 2 and 1 says it this way. Therefore, we ought to give the most earnest heed to the things which have which we have heard, lest that anytime uh, we should let them slip uh, for if the word spoken by angels uh, was steadfast uh, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward uh, how shall we escape uh, if we neglect so great salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord uh, and was confirmed to us by them that heard him God also bearing them witness uh, both with signs and wonders 
ways and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Amen. Another translation reads it this way. We must give our full attention to what we were told so that we won't drift away. The message spoken by angels approved to be true and all who disobeyed or rejected it were punished as they deserved. So if we refuse this great way of being saved, how can we hope to escape? The Lord himself was the first to tell us about it and the people who heard the message proved to us that it was true. God himself showed that his message was true by working all kinds of powerful miracles, signs and wonders. He also gave the Holy Ghost to everyone to whom he chooses. Amen. In other words, the writer is saying, amen, you cannot think that you're going to be well off if you reject a message that was confirmed by angels, prophets, and apostles. Amen. And by Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Somebody help me preach tonight. Amen. Hebrews 12 and 24 says, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Amen. I, that, that verse right there is saying if the people who heard Moses talk on earth couldn't get away with backsliding, how are you who've heard God from heaven talk to you? Amen. Going to get away with backsliding? The answer is you're not. I know this might be old-fashioned. I know some people might consider this a negative message. Amen. But I love God's people, and I don't want to see you backslide. I don't want to see you lose your salvation. I don't want you to be in church half lost and think you're on your way to heaven. I'm telling you, backsliding's real. Backsliding's dangerous. Backsliding is something you got to guard yourself. Oh, somebody help me preach. Hallelujah. Oh, give God a hand praise right now. It is absurd and irrational to conclude that the consequences for forsaking the old covenant would be less severe than those for forsaking the new covenant. When you are part of the New Testament, you are receiving the best that God has. And if God let him have it in the Old Testament for rejecting that which was weaker, lesser, and unable to perfect us, what do you think is going to happen? When we choose to walk away from that which is powerful, from that which was paid, not with the blood of animals, but with the blood of Christ. What do you think is going to happen when you reject that which was not written on tablets of stone, but tablets of fleshly hearts? What do you think is going to happen? Amen. When we reject this precious New Testament, everything that God has is in your favor. God has leveraged all of his resources and all of his power. Amen. 
in your favor. God's grace, God's mercy, God's love, God's forgiveness, God's power are all working together to keep you from backsliding. Hebrews 10 and 39 says, we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. Hallelujah. We might be broken. We might be sick. We might be upset. We might be hurt. We might be frustrated. We, amen, hallelujah. But one thing we cannot be is them that draw back unto perdition. If you don't know what the word perdition means, it means destruction. Amen. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why I'm preaching this. Uh, number one, because we're in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Uh, number two, because the other day I shot out of bed uh, and the Lord spoke to me and spoke to me out of this verse. Uh, and I heard it like bells in my ears. Uh, amen. We are not of them uh, that draw back unto perdition. Uh, I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. Uh, you might be in this building. You might be watching from home. Uh, amen. Please do not backslide. Uh, it's not going to go well. Uh, it's not going to end well. Uh, it's not going to. Come on, somebody. It's somebody give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Somebody bless the Lord. Ah, oh, hallelujah. We have his spirit in us. We have both testament in our hands. We have the church in our lives. We have no reason to backslide. You got a whole lot going for you. Nothing. Everyone say nothing. Nothing good comes from backsliding. Nothing good comes from staying backslid. I said nothing good comes from backsliding and nothing good comes from staying backslid. And I know that when you start preaching on backsliding and being backslid, amen, some people take offense with this. I understand that. Amen. But I'd rather have you take offense than take a first class trip ticket to hell. Praise God. I'm telling you, we don't believe in that eternal salvation stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you right now, once saved, always saved. That's not in the Bible. I'm just telling you right now, you got to realize that all the scriptures that warn people about not leaving the church, not leaving the truth, what happens when and if you leave the truth, that is not written to sinners. That is past the book of Acts. That is, that is Romans. Amen. Hallelujah. That is Corinthians. That is Ephesians. That is Galatians. Amen. That is... Uh, uh, Thessalonians, uh, that is Timothy. Those are all epistles, letters written to the church. Uh, that's written to us. Uh, and why would be why would God be warning us uh, about not leaving Him uh, if leaving Him wasn't a possibility? Uh, amen. Hallelujah. Somebody said, "Well, if they leave, it's because they were never saved to begin with." I beg to differ. That's not the way the Scripture tells it. Uh, Jesus talks about people being in Him and then walking out of Him, being connected to Him, and then getting disconnected from Him. Him. Jesus and the apostles all make reference to people uh, that at one time were true blue uh, and then they turned red coat. Praise God. They were at one time, amen, stuck on God uh, and the next minute they were walking away from God. Uh, and Paul and Peter and Mark and John and Matthew and Luke uh, all make it very clear to us. Uh, it does not go well for the man and the woman uh, that forsakes the God uh, that paid for this covenant and this contract with blood. Uh, hallelujah Jesus. See, I, 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 
Amen. Amen. And so I want everybody to shout it with me. Please do not backslide. Amen. Please. Come on, somebody. Do not backslide. Somebody shout that with me. Please do not backslide. Amen. And I wish somebody would get so pumped up by the time this service is over that they'd call a backslider and tell them, please don't stay backslid. Please make your way back to the house. Oh, give God a hand praise if you believe this. Woo, hallelujah. Jesus, we praise you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's lift our hands and just pray here. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I want this to get in your in your heart. Please do not backslide. Hallelujah. There are three kinds of backsliding that we have to guard ourselves against. Backsliding in your heart, backsliding in the church, and backsliding your way out of the church. The heart, the church, and out of the church. Because time is limited tonight, I'm going to address one form of backsliding that can keep the other two forms of backsliding from ever happening. And that's backsliding in our hearts. If you can get this one right, the other two will happen automatically. Amen. If you can keep from backsliding in your heart, you ain't going to backslide in the church. And you sure enough won't backslide out of the church. So let's talk a little bit about backsliding in your heart. Everything. Everyone say everything. Everything begins in your heart. Now, in, in the Hebrew scriptures and even in the Greek, the heart and the mind is interchangeable. So when we talk about the heart here, we're also talking about the mind, not the brain. The mind. Your mind is inside your brain. Everything begins in the heart. According to scripture, the following sins begin and take place in the heart. Evil thoughts. Murder. Adultery, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemy, hardness towards God, coldness towards God, rebellion towards God, revolts towards God, atheism, skepticism, crookedness, perversity, the studying of destruction. The book of Proverbs talks about seven abominations that dwell in the heart pride self-condemnation covetousness cursing and jeremiah tells us wickedness and deceitfulness that is above all the other members of the human body your heart has to be guarded the good news is that there's not a lot of ways to do this i always stress out when someone gives me a long list of things that need to be done to solve a problem it's bad enough when the problem's bad. It's, it, it's worse when the problem has a complicated solution. The solution here, people, is simple. It's just not easy. I said it's simple. It's just not easy. It's simple. It's just not easy. Number one, stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. How do we do this? 
Through prayer, through praise, and through purity. Prayer, praise, and purity. The Bible says to build up your holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 says, pray without ceasing. You've got to have prayer going on at all times. Praise God. You've got to be in constant contact with God. You've got to be in communion and communication with God. Amen. This is a way, amen, to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Somebody shout amen. And if you can get the Holy Ghost stirred up in your heart, amen, hallelujah, you are guarding your heart. Because I'm going to tell you right now, can't nobody guard a position like God. Can't nobody guard the gate of the heart like God and if you get God if you fill your heart up with God uh, amen there's not a devil uh, there's not a spirit uh, there's not a movement of flesh and perversity uh, that can overtake you uh, amen somebody shout amen Amen. Praise is a way, praise God, to guard your heart. Uh, praise is a way that you keep your heart full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Ephesians 5 and 19 says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns uh, and spiritual songs, singing uh, and making melody in your heart uh, unto the Lord. Uh, when you sing uh, godly songs, uh, when you sing uh, Christian songs, uh, when you sing uh, spiritual songs and hymns, uh, amen, and you make melody. The scripture even says, even if you just start doing melodies, uh, you're going to be good. Uh, amen. Hallelujah. We ain't talking about praise God. Talking about the Christian rap stuff. Uh, we're talking about singing some songs. Uh, amen. Things that have a godly sound and a God, come on. Oh, somebody give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say praise God. You got to pray. You have to praise. When you come to church, you got to praise. You have to clap. You have to lift your hands. You have to open your mouth. Amen. You have to shout out. Amen. Hallelujah. You, 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 you're going to have to praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. It is, it is, I understand how, uh, how sometimes awkward it might be for some of us to praise. I know that some of us might feel so reserved and, uh, and, and, and maybe feel like that's not our style or personality. Amen. But I am telling you that God is worthy of your praise. Amen. I said, God is worthy of your praise. And I'm not even saying that you have to be a shouter, but you got to be a talker. You got to say something. Amen. I'm not buying this. I'm just going to stay quiet. Amen. And whisper. Amen. I think I, amen. Hallelujah. The biggest tragedy is when we catch you screaming at the house, at your husband, at the dog, at Joe Biden, praise God. Amen. That's the tragedy. But then you come into church mute. You can't do that. Praise God. You got to come into church and you got to praise God in here. Amen. Don't worry. You ain't going to scare us if you run around the church. Uh, amen. I know not everybody's a runner, but if you run, you ain't bothering me. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. You ain't going to bother me if you start jumping. Uh, I know everybody's not a jumper, but it ain't going to bother us if you jump a little bit for God. Uh, you ain't jumping for me. You ain't jumping for the preaching. You're praising God. Uh, you're keeping 
keeping your heart full of the Holy Ghost uh, and you're guarding yourself uh, against praising the things of this world uh, because I got news for you if you ain't praising God uh, you're praising somebody uh, because we're praise factories uh, we're worshipers by nature uh, amen we're gonna praise something uh, if we don't praise God we're gonna worship something uh, if we don't worship God uh, and so I'm telling you you gotta guard your heart uh, against covetousness uh, against perversity uh, amen against abominations against pride self-condemnation covetousness cursing wickedness and deceitfulness and praise gets that job done I said somebody give God some praise right now oh let's praise him let's praise him let's praise him hallelujah oh I feel the Holy Ghost let's just lift those hands oh hallelujah 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 oh hallelujah 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 Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to us right now. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. You got to pray. You got to praise. You have to be pure. You have to be pure. Hosea 4 and 11 says, Whoredoms and wine and new wine take away thy heart. Promiscuous activity of any kind that can be labeled fornication, or the byproduct of fornication. Pornography comes from the Greek word porno, which means, which is where we get in our Bible the word fornication. You don't want to fornicate, and you don't want to get wrapped up in fornication's ugly sister. Because a lot of people really believe, because I'm not sleeping around, I can dabble around with this other stuff. You cannot. You must not. You must be pure. God is not asking you to be perfect. God is asking you to be pure. And I'm just going to tell you right now, you cannot stop the birds from flying over your head, but you could stop them from making a nest. Temptation is not a sin. Giving way to temptation is Jesus was tempted but I am telling you right now we cannot get involved in promiscuous activity or things that are related to promiscuous activity you are surrendering precious virtue there are precious Holy Ghost units of grace love mercy You call it what you want to. Your Holy Ghost battery goes down, down, and down with every person you get involved with and with everything you look at. David said, in my house, 
I will walk before you with integrity and I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. He didn't say, praise God. I, I like the fact that he started in his house. He said, in my house. I'm just telling you right now, there's just stuff that's not coming in the house. There's just stuff that's not going to sneak in the house. Amen. And, I, and that goes for men and women. Praise God. That goes for men and women. Because I know women that stare just as much at stuff they shouldn't be staring at as men do. Praise God. And nowadays with Instagram and, and Facebook and magazines and books and all this other stuff, there is a rising temptation, amen, to be slack with your eyes. I am telling you right now, your eyes, as Jesus said it, are the light of the body. And I'm not... You can get offended if you want to. This is the Bible. And the scripture says it this way. If thine eye be single, huh, then thy whole body will be filled with light. Huh? Amen. Hallelujah. And when Jesus said, if thy eye be single, he ain't talking about, amen, the pirate look. What he is talking about, praise God, is you don't let your eye. So Solomon said it this way. Don't let your eye go to the left nor to the right. Huh? He said, but look forward and straight ahead. Huh? I am telling you right now, you've got to guard your eyes beginning at your home. I know everybody is careful where their phone lands on when they're here in church. I know everybody is careful what they scroll through when somebody's standing near them or behind them. But I am telling you right now, as your pastor, as someone who prays for you, and as someone who is begging you tonight, please do not backslide. Amen. Hallelujah. You've got to watch your eyes. Hallelujah. And I'm going to go ahead and preach it just about as straight as I feel to preach this. Uh, if you are fornicating, uh, if you are sleeping around, uh, you need to stop. Uh, number one, uh, the scripture says it this way. Uh, the body is for the Lord uh, and not for fornication. Uh, know ye not uh, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen. And it goes on to say, uh, amen. If a man joins himself to a harlot, uh, he too is a harlot. Uh, when you start sleeping around, uh, you mix up your spirit uh, with that person's spirit uh, and if you're mixing up with people that mix up all the time uh, amen you're gonna be crazy before it's all said and done uh, you'll be fully full-blown uh, full-heartedly backslid uh, amen i'm telling you it's time we get this spirit uh, amen hallelujah if you remember a few months ago we preached about you can't have groves near the altar amen i'm just telling you there's just trees you gotta cut down uh, there's just trees you gotta cut down down. Uh, there's axes that need to be laid to the root. Uh, amen. I don't care who you are. You know, I don't, I don't go around rebuking you. If you've been rebuked by me, you are among the elect of this church. But I will rebuke fornication. I have to, not to be mean, not to give you a you better or else, but because you are backslid. Somebody say, are you saying I'm backslid because I fornicated? You were backslid before you fornicated. <laughs> you fornicated because you are backslid. You fornicated because you are backslid. I'm not, I feel like I got time to preach this. Listen, you could be backslid in the church 
In Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives three parables that everybody I hear preach preaches it wrong. They, it's the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and, and the lost son. And everybody be talking about those people are sinners. Those people are not sinners. They're backsliders. The flock, the, the sinner's not in the flock. The sheep that strays from the flock, that one that the pastor goes to look for, that's a saint. You, sinners are not in the flock. Saints are in the flock. The coin, the coin, you notice in this parable, Jesus goes from feminine, from masculine to feminine, back to masculine. And there's a woman now. First, it's a shepherd. Then it's a father. And in between those two, there's a woman who loses a coin. That woman represents the church. And the coin is lost in her house. You are lost. You could be lost in the house. You could be sitting on the pew. Amen. Hallelujah. On your way to eternity without the Holy Ghost, without a good. Come on, somebody. I am telling you, you could be lost in the pew. Amen. And then he starts talking about a prodigal son. Sinners aren't sons. Amen. Hallelujah. Saints are sons. And the prodigal son leaves the father's house. The father's house is the church. Amen. Hallelujah. And Jesus is telling people, Amen. You could get. You can get out of the fold. You can get lost in the house. You can leave the Father's house. Praise God. He preaching what I'm preaching. Praise God. Amen. I'm preaching what he's preaching. Hallelujah. You could be lost in the in the church. You could be lost and on your way into the world. And you could be, amen, fully backslid. Hallelujah. I'm trying to help you out today so that you don't end up in this condition. Amen. Because if we were all a little honest, we would all admit that there's been days we've been sitting in these pews. We're not. We don't care what the preacher preaches we don't care what the choir sings we don't care about the fellowship after church we're just in and out as quick as we can get we don't feel like lifting our hands we're down we're out and you might say i was just a little down and depressed no my friend you were backslid amen hallelujah you need to get back up to speed back up to where you belong back up in your hallelujah Oh, let's praise God. Let's praise God. Let's praise God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, somebody praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands right now. Oh, hallelujah. No, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 He says, whoredoms, wine and new wine. You got to keep pure. Listen, you're looking at an ex-drug addict. You could be delivered. I'm telling you, you could be delivered. You don't have to settle for anything less than deliverance. You do not need to settle for struggling your whole Christian life with drugs and with alcohol. It's getting quiet in here. I'm not really worried about anybody in here yet, but I'm just letting you know that you don't need to live like that. I was on drugs for well over 10 years. Amen. From 18 till I came into church. Amen. Hallelujah. From actually early as 13 until I came into church. 
Amen. I am telling you, there are people that sit in the pews of these chairs that were drug addicts for 20 years, 30 years. We even have one man that was a drug addict almost 40 years, and he got delivered and he's sober. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, amen, God will do that for you. You don't need to settle, amen, for being backslid in the house. You don't need to be settled. You don't need to settle for being lost. Listen, hey, I don't know who forgot to send you the memo. Life is hard. I know people don't like it when I talk like this. They be like, Pastor, kind of negative. I am telling you scripture. Jesus said, in this life you shall suffer. That is scripture. If you have not suffered much, you, you, you have been privileged. Life and God have been kind to you. But I am telling you, as you grow up, there will come a day. You are not going to escape the suffering which is common to all humanity. I, I sat down with my children three weeks ago and had a Bible study about what we do with pain because I'm not going to wait until they start trying to remedy their pain the wrong way. Amen. To tell them hey, that drugs aren't right and that drugs, amen, backslide you and that drugs leave you, amen, crippled. Amen. I'm going to start now. And I, I sat down with my daughters and I told them, what do you do when you have pain? Praise God. What do you do when you have emotional pain? What do you do when you have physical pain? What do you do when you have pain? We talked about praying. We talked about asking someone for help. We talked about taking all the proper procedures and protocol. Amen. To manage pain correctly because huh? if you're not careful you'll begin to whine to drink wine and new wine huh? until you throw your heart away and before you know it the guard and the gate of the heart is down huh? and you're full of every foul spirit amen hallelujah and where at once you were a praising praising pure saint of god amen now you're a den of devils huh? and you you might think i'm being harsh huh? amen and i'm just letting you know i've been in church too long huh? this ain't my first rodeo I've been preaching this gospel for over two decades and I speak to you, amen, hallelujah, with all compassion and love and I'm asking you tonight, please do not backslide, please, amen, hallelujah, I've buried too many drug addict saints, I've buried too many people that once used to preach the gospel and died high on heroin, I've buried too many people, amen, hallelujah, come on somebody, oh Jesus, come on. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Can we lift our hands right now? He taught la da 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 they did an experiment several years ago and they brought these people in and they had them put their hand in a bucket of ice. They put them in a room by themselves with a little timer. They said, put your hand in the bucket of ice. We're going to turn this timer on. We're going to come back and see how long you can leave it in there. One second, two seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. They pull it out. They said, we want you to come back next week and bring your best friend or a relative. People came back next week with a best friend or a relative. They said, now put your hand in the bucket of ice. They left them in the room with their best friend or their relative. Five seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. The time literally doubled when they had a friend or a loved one standing by them. 
Even Jesus, when he went up to the cross and it got unbearable, found a friend named Simon that helped him bury that, helped him carry that cross. I'm telling you, one of the ways you deal with pain is you link up with somebody and you talk. Amen. Pain wants to isolate you. Pain wants to keep you quiet. Pain wants you popping pills. Pain wants you addicted. Pain wants you broken on top of brokenness. Pain wants you whacked out of your mind. Amen. Pain wants you, amen, spinning out of control. Amen. I'm telling you, a lot of people never stop to ask themselves, what is the proper way to manage my pain? Jesus himself this was the last temptation of Christ amen he sat on that cross amen bleeding suffering with brokenness amen hallelujah and a crown of thorns strapped around his head and as he was getting ready to lay up his lay up the Holy Ghost amen hallelujah the scripture says they offered him a sponge full of wine and gall amen and other it was a painkiller of sorts uh, amen they said sip on this Jesus uh, it'll make everything okay and Jesus said I will not sip on that I will deal with life and all its robbery brutality because there's going to be people in 20,000 and 22 praise God that are going to need deliverance without the dope without the drink without oh somebody give God some praise right now hallelujah can we lift our hands and pray for just a second oh Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are not of them that draw back into perdition. We are not of them. We can't backslide. We must not. Life will get hard, and there'll be more than one time we're dragging into church. Don't let the fact that you're dragging get you out of church. I'm going to tell you something. Just be very honest with you. If you're going to be saved, if I'm going to be saved, There's just some real ugly things God is going to have to show me about myself. It just has to happen. There's no way around it. I'm going to have to get caught in my duplicities. Busted on my inconsistencies. Dealt with. There's just, you know, thank God it's nothing serious. But there's, you know, there's times me and my wife, we catching each other. Gotcha. And it's easy to take those moments and get all frustrated and discouraged. And I'll tell you what's the real temptation to put your guard up in the wrong way 
And instead of guarding your heart, you guard your personality. You start trying to guard Mrs. Put Together. Brother Perfect. You put the straw man up. Or the straw woman. You start trying to guard them. When what you should be doing is guarding your heart. And tell God. I'm telling you the truth. My wife will tell you. I'm not afraid to say this. She could. if, If my wife tells me something that seems serious enough, I really will. Either, either that night or the next morning, she'll hear me. I'll get up and pray. And I'll say, God, if what she told me about myself is true, show me. Deal with me, oh God. I don't want to be that way. If I'm wrong, I want to know. Because you, you can't go to heaven wrong. And I don't want to be the backslid preacher. And I'm not interested in guarding my image. I want to guard my heart. I want to guard my heart. I can't tell you how many times my wife has even been there. I can't tell you. How many times I've picked up the phone only to find out that a saint, a preacher, a new convert had been guarding their image instead of their heart. And now I got to be a pallbearer at a funeral. And now I got to help someone. Now I got to pray for someone in jail. It happens. It happens. It happens. And someone says, well, you know, that's why our church takes this stance. And I'm going to tell you something. Your standards don't keep that out of the church. No matter what side of the spectrum you're on. We're talking about guarding your heart. We're talking about guarding your heart. This is a much bigger subject than, than, than where you fall on the, on the Pentecostal political line. Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. So tonight I know I've preached a lot, and I know I've preached heavy, but I've preached to you the Bible. I've quoted pages and pages and pages and pages and pages. And I had more. I had to cut my notes short, so short. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you to rend to rend your garments here and cast ashes on your head. We're we're just gonna pray a few minutes. We're gonna pray a few minutes. And we're gonna ask God. Lord, help me. Search me. And anything that's an obstruction and a hindrance to your spirit in me, 
remove it. Lord, show me what I need to do so that you can do what only you can do. Lord, cleanse my heart of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Every day I pray, God, I don't want the world in my heart. I want you to pray, God, I don't want the world in my heart. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. I'm only leaving, I'm stopping right here, I promise, but you need to know what this means. When I pray against the lust of my eyes, you know what that, you know what that means? I am praying against my desires to see the world my way. Your eyes lust to perceive things a way. Every morning when you open those, those eyes up, those eyes say, I'm going to look at things and I'm going to tell you what they mean because that's what I want them to mean. And when you understand that our fundamental problem is a perspective problem, against the lust of the flesh, because your flesh, your body has a mind of its own. Yes, it does. Your flesh has a mind of its own. It'll flare up. It'll act up. It'll, it'll lash out. It'll make you sneaky and creepy. It'll make you short-tempered. It'll make you jealous and insecure. Your flesh... Your flesh will act against your best interests. You don't believe me? Go to the hospital right now. There's people with trachs in their throat asking for another cigarette. That's not a cognitive problem. There's people right now with their belly out to here. Liver bloated from drinking so much. And they're asking for some more. There's people right now, their body's riddled with STDs and they're on their way out to go hook up with someone else. Your body will act against its own best interests. And the last but not least, it says that we should pray against the pride of life. The little translation there is the pride or the desire of possessions. Every day I pray, God, I don't want to be subject to commercialism, consumerism, and a market mentality. You got to pray this. Or else you're going to go around feeling weird and insecure because your shoes don't have that little red bottom. And you're going to feel out of place. At the conference, because you ain't got the custom suit. And you're gonna feel you're gonna feel deprived, underprivileged, left out, insecure, hurt, because you got a three-bedroom house. Listen, I don't see anybody here that lives in a bad neighborhood. 
They're the Brandon Center Pacifica. <laughs> Did you know Alameda's an island? Sister Jessica lives in Marin. <laughs> Esther goes to school in Berkeley. She lives on a street that's completely isolated. In the hills. She lives in the Berkeley Hills. I am telling you, not a one of you, not me. I wake up, I used to have a poor me attitude. And I finally decided to wake up and start thanking God for all the luxuries I have. Yes, if I compare myself to people on Instagram, I have something to be depressed about. But if I compare myself to the rest of the world, I'm not doing enough with all God has given me. I'm talking about not backsliding people. I'm talking about not backsliding people. And if you get locked up by the lust of your eyes and the lust of your flesh and the, and a consumerism and a, and a market mentality, praise God, and a money grabbing and a possession having, praise God. Hey, I'm telling you right now, you are backslid. And so we're going to stand up today. And if it takes two minutes, fine. If it takes three minutes, awesome. If it takes an hour, you're welcome to stay. We'll turn the lights off. You know we will, too. Don't play with us. And you're going to lift your hands. And you're going to pray a very simple prayer. Lord, wash me. Cleanse me of a worldly heart. I don't want to be backslid. God help me with the lust of my eyes, the lust of my flesh, and the pride of life. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Oh, Jesus, then will I teach sinners thy way. Hallelujah. Then will I teach sinners thy way. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Let's stand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know who's going to help me close out this service. Amen. Hallelujah. But we're going to give the people some prayer music. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on. Let's not leave tonight without praying. Hallelujah. 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 Lord Jesus, I pray God that you would move on my heart. And I pray God that you would extract that you would exhume, that you would remove the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. God, I don't want to lose my soul. God, I don't want to be lost in the church. God, I don't want to be lost in the way out of the church. God, I want to be saved. I want to be pure. I want to have prayer and praise in every area and vicinity of my life. God, get me to where I need to be. Come up to the front and just pray a little bit. Hallelujah.